Hello and welcome back to the Off The Crossbar podcast with Regan and Brad. Club football is returning back to us this weekend. Oh, that time. Yes. We've had a busy international break with games happening all across the world as teams prepare to play their final set of games for World Cup 2022. England, they've had a busy week, haven't they? Playing three games over this international break. Mm. Oh, solid. I guess we could almost say. Mm. But then again, mm. the narrative switches very quickly after last night's or Wednesday nights. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Uh, so the first game they played was a 4 0 win against Hungary. They followed that up with a 4 0 win against Andorra. And then, like you said, last night's calamity, later on in stoppage time, Damien Szymanski levelled for Poland as England drew 1-1, which is uh, England's first draw of qualifying. But, I mean, you can't complain, they're still top of the group, so... All it does is just switch the overall narrative. We're top of the group by four points to Albania, which is surprising. But... Yeah, you know, there are not many excuses for letting the lead slip when we did dominate pretty much. Yeah, but it's. I think what also was a downfall is Gareth Southgate didn't make a single change. That's just baffling, man. I was going to say nineteen seventy. So what are that? That's no. What was he going to say? Nineteen ninety-six. It was 96 against the, Germany in the he, Euro semi-final, the last competitive game. That this guy can't help but you know, try and replicate the 96 team, can he? <laughs> it's all in the Euros was. Yeah. The whole thing just seemed off. Like we we sort of dominated, but our attack did at the same time seem quite nullified. Yeah, I 100% agree. It was one of them where you're thinking with... Uh, the forward four that you played of Grealish, Mount Sterling and Kane, they would score more against Poland than they actually did. But I think it was one of them where it's because they've also played like so many games recently. Like in the last week, everyone they've all played three games. Obviously, not everyone was involved with the Andorra game because he made eleven changes. But like Kane, Grealish and Mount all came on in the second half against Andorra, and Kane obviously scored. So I think maybe a bit of fatigue setting uh, and that's why they weren't as full and up to it because I mean they only had two shots on target in the game on Wednesday against Poland which is really surprising yeah, I Poland looked decent which they should do given they are probably the second best team in that group as well yeah Lewandowski I think was on it even if he didn't score he looked, every time he got the mm. ball he looked dangerous yeah 100% but I mean, for a striker of his calibre, you're always expecting him to look dangerous. Uh, like you say, Poland, you'd say, are our biggest threats uh, for the remaining four games uh, of this qualifying stage. Um, so obviously, England top, Albania second, Poland third, and Hungary in fourth. Uh, Albania and Hungary separated by two points, and, but Poland have the best goal difference out of those sets of teams. Elsewhere, the other home nations, Scotland, are in second in their group behind Denmark. Um, they've had a very surprising uh, few days. So, obviously, they lost the first game 2-0 to Denmark, but then have won their following games 1-0 against Moldova and Austria. 
Uh, but Denmark are definitely the team that have run away with this group, <laughs> yet to concede a Just goal. A <laughs> I mean, they're the only team that have yet to concede. Uh, elsewhere, Wales haven't had the best of times in their qualifying game uh, the other day against Estonia, only drawing 0-0, but they have managed to secure a victory against um, Belarus, their other game, because they've only played two qualifying games because of the... Uh, I believe their group size is smaller than England's group. It is, yeah. And they are also really unlikely to uh, get that automatic qualifying spot, but they could potentially make up in the playoff spots. Uh, they are currently third behind Czech Republic on goal difference. Elsewhere, Northern Ireland are third in their group uh, behind Italy, who are table toppers, and Switzerland. And then the Republic of Ireland are fourth in their group behind Portugal, Serbia and Luxembourg. So you can say it's all but over for the Republic of Ireland chances of being at the World Cup next year. Yeah, but that's a team that's in a well, very major transition period. Obviously under Stephen Kenny, yes, we've noticed it beforehand. They've, they've salvaged draws in the last minute in the, both the, the games they played. Yeah. Um, a bit of World Cup news it's been going around the last few days that uh, FIFA and mainly Arsene Wenger has been like the lead talk behind this is that they are wanting to host a World Cup every two years I love that you're in no respect for the running order that we make <laughs> well I just want to talk on this because we're talking World Cup stories and for me it's just why would you do that yeah, I guess it, it. Well, you understand the reason. It's because we want more games that actually mean something. But because just get rid of friendlies. Because that's like this year, this year you don't have to have friendlies them. Friendlies are as pointless as ever. But the yeah. logic in FIFA's mind is always going to be more major tournaments. Right? <laughs> like just yeah. Yep. Cut more money. Don't care about players' health and well-being. No, they just want as much money as possible. So let's host a tournament every year. It's not the well. How many relevant fixtures we're doing? It's how many fixtures we're doing in general. There's just too much. Yeah, because I mean, you've got in the Premier League, you've got 38 games plus the teams in Europe so they have a minimum of six games in the Champions League and the other competitions as well then there's probably about four or five in the Carabao Cup and FA Cup if you go the distance then if you go even further in the European competitions you've got another eight games at the final so like they say on average a player nowadays in like the top six or seven clubs can play upwards of 60 games just for their club and then you've got all these international breaks as well so they're playing like 65 to 70 games a, a season that that isn't good I mean yes we uh, we joked about Pedri playing a lot for Barcelona last season and Spain over the summer but even he's been given like a two week rest but he came uh, back early before coming me. back to playing football yeah, he came back like what a week ago. I don't know what he was, but well, half a week. When early. that guy was in his 30s, he's going to look like Gary Lineker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just not good for players to be doing this. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, 
we don't need to have an international break every four to six weeks like we do this like first half of the year because I you've had these three games now then we've got I think more in October November time and then I think that might be it for this year and then you'll obviously have them come back in March and it's just like it's getting to a point now where you're just like we don't need this amount of games like fortunately with the World Cup being later in the year next year it gives them a bit of a break but uh I'm expecting the leagues to be coming back early next season so they can have like that two, three week month break when the World Cup does start. Well, I feel like they sort of with the World Cup next year they'll be offered the start of flying league what is it they can finish later? Because there's no Euros there's not don't believe there's any Copa America either. So it's a um... yeah, it's definitely an advantage in that point. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, we just messed up. What happens with the Euros if they do a World Cup every two years? Well, that was going to be my question because then say, so let's take this into account. Say if this was to came in from next uh, year, the World Cup. So we would have had the Euros this year. Then we got World Cup next year in 2022. 2023, there isn't a tournament. And it's not on the men's side. Yeah, in in like uh, European nations, say so I don't know about the African Cup of Nations and all that. No, I think the African Cup of Nations is this coming yeah, January. Obviously. So then, twenty twenty four, what happens? Because that is set to be a Euros year because that's in France, but that would also be a World Cup year if we go in every two years and it was to come into effect next season. So then, are you playing two tournaments at the same time? It just it makes no sense. And for someone like Arsene Wenger to be the mm. one peddling it is more surprising. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. This like, if, if fans are gonna hate it, the there's been I've seen a lot of rumours today. I don't know, I haven't seen any official statements from these FAs, but apparently the Premier League, the EFL, Liège One, Syria, and like the Bundesliga and uh, Spanish league have apparently spoke out about their uh, abstinence from like accepting this thing from happening which is understandable because they're just not thinking of player welfare no. at all no which ultimately should be the main priority yeah but let's hope that uh it stops and that alexandra seferin and co the other european uh well not european but the other nations get behind uh europe's plan to stop this from happening because it is absolutely Ridiculous. Yeah. Should we stick with internationals? Because it, well, whatever, Europe hasn't given us as much, but outside of Europe. <laughs> I don't know where Jesus. to start. I mean, can we have a day without talking? Um, We'll start with the big girl of the two stuff. Brazil, Argentina was meant to take place on Sunday, about eight, nine o'clock UK time. Now this is bearing in mind Argentina played against Venezuela on Friday night and then they had travelled straight into Brazil and there was four players from the Argentina squad that shouldn't have been in Brazil due to the uh, quarantining rules and they were Emiliano Martinez, Emi Buendia, Giovanni Lo Celso and Christian Romero were the four players that would have to quarantine straight away from uh, entering Brazil for 10 to 14 days however they didn't and then uh, the game took place with 
was it Lacelso and Romero on the pitch and Martinez? Was it just Buendia that wasn't involved in the matchday squad? Buendia was not even involved. Why did he travel? <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely ri- ridiculous. Uh, so then, less than ten minutes into the game, Brazilian health officials storm the pitch and tell. Uh, the officials and everyone involved that this game can't go ahead due to the fact that these players should be quarantining and the f- uh, they aren't. So then uh, we also have the fact that um, these four players apparently have tried to lie to Brazilian officials saying that they haven't been in England in the last 14 days even though the Premier League uh, rights are shown in Brazil. So they would have found out anyway. Yeah, whole thing's a mess. <laughs> it's the biggest farce I've known in recent football it's history. It's just funny to see them just walk on the pitch. Just, <laughs> just goes up to... Was it La Salsa? Just like, yeah, yeah. So come with me. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm playing the game here, man. <laughs> yeah, and then Messi's like, imagine, came out and saying, like, we've been here imagine Chris Whitty doing <laughs> Could never imagine yes. it. Really, you just Patrick Valance coming on. So, uh, Mr. Grealish, sir, can you? <laughs> exactly. Ah. Um, and now, what's even more of a farce is uh, apparently the Brazilian FA and some of the South American FAs have come out over the course of the week saying that uh, they want to ban all their South American players from playing this weekend in the Premier League due to Premier League clubs' refusal to release their players in. The latest fast of South America versus England and the Premier League. Yeah, none of it just. Which for the whole it's just an unreal situation. Yeah, I mean it's understandable the Premier League not and the teams not wanting their players to go abroad in because then obviously they could miss I think four to eight games because of having to quarantine for so long, and like. You don't want to be losing your big players like Aston Villa, potentially losing their star goalkeeper and Emmy Martinez, Emmy Buendia, your new signing Spurs losing obviously them too, and it's just not what you want. And apparently, some of these uh, the Spurs lot have actually travelled to Argentina without Tottenham's permission, so are, are expected to be fined. Just because of the Tottenham situation, I don't know too much on, but I know the Villa one is that they had extensive discussions with. Martinez and Wendy and they said, "Okay, it's fine. You can you can go as long as you quarantine. Come back, we'll be all right." And then this situation happens, which um maybe they're a bit annoyed at. At least hope they are. Hmm. What with the Wendy situation, where he's not even going to be playing. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it really is just. It seems like something out of a film rather than. Like something you would expect to see happen in real life, especially but, in today's day and age. We've not to go into the conspiracy theory. Oh, but the Brazil do this if it's any other team. No, just, I don't. Think not a coincidence do. that it's, it's just because it's, it's Argentina. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean that's not even the craziest story of the week. So get you crazier is if there was some suspected coup attempt. Well, that's just what did happen over... And it wasn't suspected Africa this uh, week. Well, yes. I mean, it's genuinely baffling what's happened here. Um, So, Guinea were set to play... I've forgotten who... uh, Morocco in a, I believe, a World Cup qualifier. However, 
because of a coup attempt in Guinea, or not attempt, they have succeeded in a coup um, so far, I'm not going to get all political, uh, the games had to be postponed and the Moroccan team and the officials were flown out after heavy gunfire all day uh, was heard according to the Moroccan manager. Another just mental story that I don't know has another opinion. It's just too just too much of a madness. Just yeah. African football like <laughs> genuinely when I saw that story on I think it was Sunday I I said to you about it I was like this just can't be real. It like I don't even know, like like you said, it's speechless because you don't know what to say to this sort of thing. We're not used to coup attempts all the time. Exactly. Um, but yeah, as far as I'm aware, all players uh, on the Moroccan side have managed to uh, head back safely. I'm not too sure about any of the players uh, from the Guinea national team, obviously the likes of Nabi Keita. Um, I don't know what the update has been on him, whether he's been able to get back from Africa or not uh, but yeah let's if you hope that nothing too serious happens in the, for the football inside going on from the thing that we saw with that to something that we attempted to see in the, again, I'm trying to remember who it was that I, what I want to say Congo and Mali I know Mali was one of the things I can't remember the other one but for the it was like a minute like towards the start of the game. Nobody knew what was happening because some guy just stood in front of the TV camera. <laughs> yes. Uh, wasn't it Uganda? Not the Uganda, day? actually. Like 2 3. Because I'm just having a look at their recent games and they've played uh, Uganda and it Rwanda. It would have been Uganda then. Yeah, just weird. <laughs> just a boy yes, was standing uh, in front of the screen until someone told him, yeah, looking move. <laughs> You know when you just see a TV yeah. camera, you think, why is that there? <laughs> I'm just going to stand in front of it. I don't know why. Yeah. Can't be filming anything. I just want to see what, uh, someone must have honest. been stood behind it. Well, yeah, you would think so. <laughs> you, cause you obviously have cameras manned. And why didn't you just say, mate, excuse me, you're in the way of me filming well, the just game here. It was the main camera. That was, <laughs> it's the main pitch camera. How yeah. was there no one on it? Just going... I got it. What a weird week. It just really would have slapped him on his head. Move, that's my one. Honestly. Right. That's a normality. <laughs> Let's get to. Cl- yes, back to club football now. And we have a full schedule in the Premier League this week and it kicks off at half past 12 from Selhurst Park as Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace welcome tabletoppers Tottenham the only undefeated team as well Tottenham yes the only team that haven't dropped points I I mean there are other teams that are unbeaten as well but they have a 100% win record record. I'm still right so yes um, fully expect Kane and Son to be involved from the start in this one um, as far as I'm aware I don't believe Spurs have any injury worries obviously um, don't know that whole situation with uh, Lo Celso or uh, the other fellow what are considering they considering our players are involved. also out you would expect that they're out as well yeah but uh, 
neither of them played in their last game against Watford before the international break, so I wouldn't expect much changes, if any, from Nuno Espirito Santo. Palace last time out, um, they managed to get a 2-2 draw with West Ham slow. I think things are slowly getting into place for Patrick Vieira's side. West Ham, the West Ham draw was a good result for Conor Gallagher. looked pretty good in that. They may have Odson yeah. Edward in for the first time as they signed him. Well, it would have been the start of the international break because that's when the transfer window started. <laughs> Ended. And... Ended. Yeah, um, but I think it's a tough ask for Crystal Palace coming in to, obviously, like we said, Tottenham Hotspur team with a 100% win record uh, so far this season. Then we look at some of the three o'clock kickoffs. Um, big game uh, as Leicester play Manchester City. Two teams in the top half of the table. Man City obviously comfortable winners last time out beating Arsenal 5-0 whilst Leicester City beat Norwich 2-1 in a, a late goal, I believe. If I remember correctly, it feels like an age since we last watched club football. This one I think is going to be uh, City's hardest task so far and be a proper uh, end-to-end more game. More intrigue added to it with the fact that Man City aren't going to have a striker for definite this time with Gabriel Jesus out. And goalkeeper-wise as well, Scott Carson is apparently meant to be in goal Edison, because Edison's having to quarantine Stephen and Zach Stefan. <laughs> yeah, so Scott Carson's going to be the goalie there. So I think this is going to be a lot closer than maybe what it would have been if uh, Man City had a full health yeah. squad. Well, yeah. And Leicester have a good record against Man City. Beat them at this yeah. point of the season last year. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how the second game went. I think Man City won it. But, yeah. I don't know. Not much, a lot of intrigue to it. Yes. Uh, then say, another I want, game I for... To to the one because on. we keep the missing tag. There's no team that is missing more than Arsenal. <laughs> which, which was the game I was just about to go to. Right, I was going to say, uh, it's a big game, but for all the... I was saying, uh, big game, but for all the wrong reasons, as the two bottom teams in the league, like you say, Arsenal <laughs> playing normal. Norwich. Um, surely Arsenal have to get going this Which, weekend. Forget surely. winning the game. Are they actually going to score? Um, you would hope you, so, for you would hope Arsenal's so, sake. You know, it's that moment when you see a stat and you realise that's there to be broken this weekend, isn't it? And that's the one that I've read about mm-hmm. Norwich not having beaten a team from London in like 27 attempts. Oh, I think... Gen- it it really would be comical if they, they lose this weekend. They, oh, resist, they is, cannot lose. Is even more, I know it's likely that he's staying and Edu came out the other, earlier on this week saying he has the full belief in what Arteta's doing, but surely, real question marks, marks have to be asked if they lose to Norwich and don't score this weekend. Dare I say they lose? They lose without scoring, right? So they almost have no choice mm. but to get rid. But it's untenable at that point. Yeah, yeah, it really like I don't know what more he has to do then to get sacked if they lose and don't score this weekend. I don't know. I mean, it makes the first episode of All or Nothing interesting. <laughs> yes. Um, right. I'll just skim over the rest of the fixtures uh, on Saturday. We have Southampton versus West Ham, Brentford, Brighton, Man United, Newcastle. Watford versus Wolves and then 
the evening kickoff sees Chelsea play Aston Villa. Yeah, low key terrified, but then there's all rumours of a missing Lukaku, Kante, someone else as well. Oh God. I don't know what to believe. Is Lukaku, how is Lukaku missing again? Because he's not injured. Don't know. I haven't seen anything about Lukaku potentially I've missing. I've seen stuff, but I've not read enough into it. All oh, these weird. We're missing yeah, enough players as it is. I don't even know if some of ours are going to be back from injury. I just want to see Ollie Watkins and Leon Bailey play. <laughs> Hopefully that can happen soon, four years. Um, the only game on Sunday is Leeds versus Liverpool at half past four. Again, I think this could be a very entertaining game. It always is when these two anything, have met uh, in the past of the Premier League. Like the opening day game last year. We'll have a tasty game. Yes. Um, Liverpool's main concern, though, is whether Virgil van Dijk will be fit for this as he has had a hamstring uh, injury or tightness the other day on duty with the Netherlands. And obviously uh, he had them broken fingers against Norway. And then I think Leeds potentially could be without Rafinha if this uh, rule of Brazilian players uh, as far as away, blocked, Brazilian, doesn't actually go ahead the absentee Brazilian was it's all the main ones except for Richarlison and as far as I'm aware Douglas Louise won't be missing either it's a weird reason yeah, it's, uh, it's literally because Richarlison and Louise played at the Olympics yeah that's the only reason they're not getting banned but that's good news for Man United fans as they don't have to see Fred against really? Newcastle He's the key link. Yeah, sure he is. Uh, he and then everything together. Is <laughs> the round on Sunday? I don't know how else he's playing. Saturday. I don't care what it is. <laughs> the happens. <laughs> it's this weekend. Who cares? Yes. And to round off the weekend in the Premier League, we have Everton versus Burnley at eight o'clock. Um, obviously, Everton. Well, I'll let you talk about Everton before I get to the other one that you've glossed over weirdly. Uh, Everton, not bad form to start the season. Two wins and a draw. Last time out beating Brighton 2-0. Um, obviously that penalty incident between Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison. Obviously if they get a penalty this weekend they will be hoping that something similar doesn't happen. Burnley themselves have had a poor start to the season. Lost two of their three against Brighton and Liverpool but drew 1-1 against Leeds last time out and were unlucky not to hold on for the three points. Yeah, and... Um... I don't know how you glossed over this, but what is the big thing that could be happening this Saturday when Manchester United play Newcastle? Um, there'll be fans at the game for Old Trafford for the first time in a long time. Uh, there'll be what since the Leeds game a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> That's not yes. the point you use. Just say it. the big man's back. Yes, Jadon Sancho will be back and fit. Yes, he will be back. <laughs> Obviously, we're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo. Of course, we know we're talking about Sky have been ramming it down our throats for the past two weeks. And so have Man United. We've literally every... Look, guys, to... he's arrived for training. Normal footballer arrives to do his day job. Mm-hmm. Just... And Man United, literally every tweet and social media post for the past bloody... Well, since he was announced, was has literally been about Ronaldo. I'm like, Jesus, like, even I'm getting bored of it now. Uh, but there's no news as to whether he will be starting from the off uh, on Saturday or whether he'll be coming uh, from the bench. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, there is talk that he could be the bench because he obviously hasn't trained a lot with the squad. And that uh, next week against young boys in the Champions League is where he could actually start. Um, but yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing like giving a few young boys a lesson. <laughs> Take Ronaldo, that is. <laughs> 
Okay. I was making sure you made Little that comment. <laughs> you made that comment really clear about teaching young boys you a lesson there. Comments. So just... <laughs> um, right over into Europe now this weekend, and there is a big game or two over in Germany as Bayer Leverkusen host Borussia Dortmund on Saturday afternoon. Um, Dortmund are looking goal threats as always with Erling Haaland doing what Erling Haaland does um, beat Hoffenheim last time out thanks to Erling Haaland winner in stoppage time Leverkusen themselves are higher than uh, Dortmund so this is going to be a really good game and then the other big game is Saturday evening as RB Leipzig play Julian Nagelsmann's Bayern Munich in what could potentially be Marcel Sabitzer's first game for Bayern Munich against his old team yeah, and everyone could have predicted that, certainly. Like, it was unusual enough when he didn't leave them earlier mm. after he was tired because of how small the prostate was. Yeah. It was like, how is there no one getting in them? Definitely. It was because so. Bayern have had first reserves, that's why. Which is what Bayern do. They just have first reserves on every player that isn't at Bayern Munich. Which does make that league a bit boring. Um, elsewhere, over in Italy, we have two very interesting games to look for. Oh, three interesting games, I'll say. Uh, on Saturday, we have Napoli versus Juventus from 5 o'clock. And then at quarter to 8, we have Atalanta versus Fiorentina. And then on Sunday, AC Milan play Lazio in what is set to be game week three over in Italy. And finally, over in France, Monaco will play. Marseille on Saturday evening and Lyon play Strasbourg and PSG play host to Clermont. Obviously the big news of uh, the week in uh, France is that Nice have been handed a two point penalty with one suspended following fan violence during a game against Marseille uh, that we spoke about on the podcast the other week and uh, the one coach who punched the player has been banned until June from uh, the football. So, and the game, uh, I believe, is being rescheduled to play, but behind closed doors. As far as I'm aware, with that. Yeah, same as it. Right. Um, on to predictions league now. Um, yeah. It's been a few weeks since we did it. Obviously, we've no club football and last time out Brad won the week uh, so you're on 9 points after having the extra fantasy point and I'm on 7 points so it's a little bit of a gap this week. I'm so happy with the addition of fantasy league <laughs> it's really made it that much closer Yes, um, although it's so, very early uh, so this week it's me selecting the 6 games and I've gone for 3 Premier League and 3 random as always the first Premier League game I've gone for is Watford versus Wolves. It's mm. very interesting, that is. Mm-hmm. Oh, do I back Wolves to finally get something? I'm going to say that this ends 1-1. Well, it's back to Mystic Brad and Mystic Regan, as I also went with a 1-1 draw whilst I was waiting for you to <laughs> get that... Uh, prediction I into the eyes. Next up, we have Southampton versus West Ham. I believe West Ham win this, and I'm going two one. 
Okay, I've also gone with a West Ham win, but I've gone for 3 2 to the Hammers. Uh, next up, we have Leicester City versus Manchester City. Christ. Do I back it? Oh, what the hell going on? I'm going to say 2 1 to Leicester. Okay, I've gone with 2 1 to Manchester City. Next up in the first of our three random games, it is RB Leipzig versus Bayern Munich. So many interesting reasons. Obviously, you said Spitzer, but you've also forgot that it's Nagelsmann's return as well. And Umpa Makano's return. <laughs> Edge <Edged> everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I don't know what Leipzig are like now about some of these players. So I will go for Bayern Munich to win 3-1. Okay, I've gone with 3-2 to... By Munich. Next up, we have. Okay, from... going to be high scoring. Only two, so far. Next up, we travel to Italy as I have Napoli versus Juventus. Again, this one I don't know what to make of it. Uh, I'm going to go Napoli. I think they win two now. Okay, I've also gone with Napoli, and I have got them winning two one. And the final game sees us return to England, but drop down to Division Three as it is a top-of-the-table clash between Sunderland and Accrington Stanley. Who are they? Who are they? Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so those Sunderland have started okay. As I like me Obviously, as I said, they're the top two in the league. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Uh, I'll say Sunderland. 2-1. Okay, and I have gone for the first Desmond of the week. I've gone with 2-2. Right, uh, cool. speaking on the predictions and the fantasy stuff, have you made any changes to your fantasy team this week? In the words of Donald J. Trump, we have made many, many, many changes. <laughs> many changes. I like change, so it's fine. I've made six transfers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I have activated the first boost. I've gone for the free hit this week. Mm-hmm. Because I got ravaged. <laughs> Did you? Both of my goalkeepers are injured. <laughs> yeah. Or quarantining. And I have my right back out in suspension as well. But I just thought, a lot of that needs changing. So the six players I've brought in are Fabianski as goalkeeper for one week. I'll probably bring Martinez back in. What the fuck? But do you mean, what the hell is West Ham goalie? I don't think Southampton are doing well this weekend. That's why I did it. Yeah, but I've also made that exact week, same. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm saying I've made that it's exact same change. Don't you, this isn't. No, this isn't weird. Everyone does it. Okay. Well, what else have you done? Well, the other two changes I brought in: Joel Matip and mm-hmm. Pontus Janssen, defenders. Okay. I've made two midfield changes. Mm-hmm. Declan Rice and Conor Gallagher have been put in. Okay. And I've made one forward change. Yeah. And I've took the risk because big Cristiano Ronaldo is now in my fantasy. <laughs> I've also done that risk and I've t- taken, out Luke, <laughs> taken out Lukaku, put Ronaldo in, vice captain. 3 captain-y. 4 3. I thought for this week. 
I've gone. Uh, I've stuck with the four four two. So, Although, uh, I haven't been brave enough to support Ronaldo as captain. I've stuck Antonio. With... Uh, well, for mine, I've left Bruno as captain and had Ronnie as vice. Uh, so I've only had to make a couple of changes. Obviously, the goalkeeper one, like you said, with Emmy Martin is uh, most likely out of the game. So I've brought in Fabianski as well. Uh, Esri concert is an injury doubt, so I've dropped him down to the bench and brought up Christoph Ayer of uh, Brentford. My midfield has remained unchanged of Fernandes, Salah, Tielemans and Hoiberg and the only other change is obviously Ronaldo has came in for Lukaku. Uh, but yeah, not too many changes and let's hope Ronaldo comes good for both of us this week but I hope I outscore you so I can actually catch up with you this season. Come good. Like the changes I've made are not overly star quality. Yeah. I'm just literally just going for who I think will win this weekend. Which is fair enough. Right, uh, I believe that is all the talking points this week, unless I've missed anything. It's all that I've got. Right, um, make sure you like, comment and subscribe wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast from and make sure you're following us on social media as well. Pod is our social media handle on Twitter and we'll be back next week with our usual Premier League review and also look out for our special Champions League preview podcast that we are recording uh, as well for publish next week as that competition is finally back yeah we need it (laughs) yes so until next week it's goodbye from Brad cheers Marcus (laughs) I'm sorry now Uh, Yes, Uh, we'll see you soon.